Hello, hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of 50 Stories of Transformation. I'm your host, Michaela Mays, and if you're new to this podcast, hang on just a quick moment. I'll come back and give you a quick rundown as to what this podcast is all about. But if you are a veteran listener, thanks for coming on back again and again. This week, we are heading into, believe it or not, story number 40. Yes, that means there's only 10 more stories to go after this week in the 50 Stories of Transformation series. So, Thanks for being faithful listeners and listening to them all, and I hope you enjoy these last 10 stories as much as you have the last 39. All right, new listeners, as I promised, here's a quick rundown as to what this podcast is all about. Uh, 50 Stories of Transformation is a podcast sponsored by the Baptist Resource Network of Pennsylvania, South Jersey. It's also referred to as the BRN many times in this podcast. Just a quick heads up there. So uh, the BRN is an organization dedicated to helping, guiding, and providing resources for Baptist churches in Pennsylvania and South Jersey. So this handy dandy podcast was created about a year ago to keep track of some of the awesome transformative work that God has done and is doing within the BRN. And since the Baptist Resource Network just recently celebrated 50 years, hence why we are doing 50 stories. And the best part of these episodes is that each one is its own individual story. So if you did not tune in to last week's story, story number 39, no worries at all. You are fine jumping in right here, right now with story number 40, and we are sure glad that you are. So yes, this week we are heading into story number 40. And for story number 40, we are joined by Reverend Cliff Jenkins. Uh, And he's actually now Dr. Cliff Jenkins. He just finished his doctorate. So how awesome is that? Congratulations, Dr. Jenkins. Um, But anyway, he, uh, he knows quite a bit about church planting. And here's why. Listen to his resume. Reverend Jenkins is currently serving as the BRN's Director of Multiplying Churches, as well as the lead church planting catalyst for Send It Network Pennsylvania South Jersey and as a church planter for the North American Mission Board. So yeah, like I said, he has a ton of experience with church planting and multiplying churches um, and he's going to share just some of what he knows with us today because we are talking about church planting. So church planters, that's your cue. Crank the volume and stay tuned. During our conversation this week, uh, Reverend Cliff is going to share with us Uh, kind of how he got involved with church planting at first and then how God continued to give him opportunities to work with church plants and pour into church planters uh, within the Southern Baptist community. He's also going to share with us uh, some of the wisdom that God has taught him throughout his years working with church planters and just working in ministry in general. So a ton of great stuff that we are just packing into one episode here. So stay alert and stay tuned. Uh, And without further ado, we'll go ahead and jump into story number 40. So thanks so much for joining us this week. And now here is my conversation with Reverend Cliff Jenkins. So I always like to start uh, these podcasts with just a little bit of background about our guest. So if you don't mind sharing just a little bit about yourself, that can include uh, from when you first started following Jesus to your call to ministry to fun facts like family hobbies school sports teams whatever you care or would like okay okay no that's good um i uh was born and raised in philadelphia so that's a claim to fame um love the city of philadelphia pretty much have lived in pennsylvania all my life uh but also grew up oddly enough a steelers and pirates fan yes (laughs) did you watch the game last night yes i did yes that was 
that was a little that's a little too close for comfort for everyone who yeah. has watched but anyway yeah. yeah no I was I was not expecting I'm not expecting much this year from the Steelers I'm kind of no. glad Ben's retiring but you know it's time to move on we thank him for his championships but are you where are you from uh I'm from Clearfield Pennsylvania okay the central right. PA no. area yeah no no Pittsburgh. I know it well I, I yes oh yeah <laughs> Um, so uh, I guess what that said is that um, I kind of claimed the whole state. Um, mm -hmm. I uh, moved to Pittsburgh for college, went to Pitt, graduated from there in my undergrad, and pretty much started working in corporate America from there. Mm -hmm. um, had pretty much over the last 20 some years, 25 years, probably the territory of all of Pennsylvania. So I've gotten the opportunity to drive the back roads of Pennsylvania, the turnpike many a time. Um, corporate leader for, for corporate job to work for uh, Aetna Insurance. Um, I was an insurance underwriter. So I worked for Aetna, uh, Travelers, and then Zurich. Um, so got to do that for 20 some years, really enjoyed it. And uh, from there, you know, obviously got called, I got, we got transferred, uh, my wife and I married, by the way, uh, 34 years coming up soon, two children and uh, Christopher and Stephanie. And from that, they, um, when we were living in Pittsburgh, so, you know, stayed after I graduated in Pittsburgh mm -hmm. and started working, got saved at a Presbyterian church in Pittsburgh um, and did, you know, uh, non-denominational, some other things as we were growing up, mm -hmm. helped plan a church as a church planning team member when I had no clue what any of those meant. <laughs> um, we were just helping out because the pastor asked for somebody to help with the new church that was starting near where we lived. So that's yeah. how we got and now I look back on it and I see church planting, but before I had no clue, I was just helping uh, to serve. And so I got called by my job to transfer from Pittsburgh to Reading, Pennsylvania, which okay. is where I got my call into ministry and planted. Oh, cool. Um, went to seminary at Biblical University, a biblical seminary in uh, Hatfield, and uh, just finished my doctoral studies in multi-ethnic ministry at Gateway. Nice. Congratulations. That Thank is you. awesome. That's Thank such you an accomplishment. Much. Yes. So that's a little bit about me. Um, I love uh, anything that, like love racing. Uh, so I'm a big uh, Formula One fan, Lewis Hamilton fan. Okay. Um, I love NASCAR. So those are the things I kind of follow. I like the golf, but haven't had time in a long time to do it. <laughs> Well, it's hard now too. We're getting into winter, so that also doesn't help in <laughs> yeah. Pennsylvania. <laughs> we were just we were just talking about that with my wife. I'd much rather golf in fifty degree weather than ninety degree weather. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't need a tan, so <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's yeah. I prefer to do it in the cooler weather. Okay. Well, then you could still get out there and yeah, yeah. You have to get the rest of my body to cooperate. <laughs> So um, as you mentioned, you, you kind of had a different variety of positions and have moved different places in Pennsylvania serving. Um, you've served from a church planting catalyst with the BRN to serving now with the North American Mission Board. Can you kind of walk us through how those positions came to be? Uh, oh, well, the, the first was started, I guess, came out of my call in the ministry. Um, I got called into ministry yeah, 2000, 2001 started serving as a youth pastor at an independent Baptist church in the city of Reading. Uh, that's where I met my mentor, as I call my father in the ministry. Um, he still is, is pouring into my life, even, even to this day. His name is Richard King. Uh, and 
from there, really felt God saying to go to seminary. I mean, I already had my undergrad degree. Once I got called into ministry, my, my mentor, uh, he wanted me to go to Bible college, and I just really felt God saying seminary. So long story short, the Lord really worked it out in a very unique way, and I found biblical seminary because I was still working full time. So I had to, you know, I had to find a way to go to seminary at the same time I was still working. Yeah. So it's hard. All, yeah. So all in all, around 2006, I wound up uh, not only um, uh, going to seminary, still working full time, but then also planting the church. Okay. Not something I'd recommend to church planters today. <laughs> a lot of advice I give them is stuff that I've done and would tell them not to do. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of how I got called into church planting and uh, through a much longer story that I'll save you of is that um, the church that was a quote unquote supporting us for church planting because me and another minister in that independent church, Baptist church felt called to plant a multi-ethnic church. Okay. And we initially had support, but that changed quickly after starting the plant. Mm -hmm. And uh, a good friend of mine, Dr. Larry Anderson, who you may have already met and know. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, He's he awesome. and I went to the same high school together in Philadelphia. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Were you guys friends in high school? Yes. Okay, yes. that's very yeah. cool. Yeah, so we've, we've known each other, but we hadn't seen each other in years. Hmm. We reconnected uh, in the halls of seminary. Oh, how cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were both unsaved kids in high school, so just meeting in, in seminary was was really cool. Yeah, probably not um, the place you're expecting in high school to be like, oh, that's where I'm going to see you later on in life. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it was it was providential, you know, timing for the Lord because uh, he used Larry because uh, that was at the time we were really struggling. We were a church plant that really had no support. And he introduced me to Southern Baptist. And I've been connected with the Southern Baptist since then. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that's that's how the connection happened. The church plant lasted for maybe five years. Um, okay. And I, I can talk about more about that later. But then after the church plant was over, uh, we were asking God what was next. And instead of answering what was next, he answered where. And mm -hmm. really felt God leading us back to Pittsburgh and uh, transferred from Reading back to Pittsburgh and started doing ministry. And then Dr. Whitworth came along and asked me to serve as a church planting catalyst in Pittsburgh. And from church planting catalyst to regional catalyst to uh, state director of mission slash church planting director is where I am now. Wow, that is awesome. That is so yeah. cool. Yeah. So it sounds like really like God plant, literally planted church planting in your heart. Um, didn't mean for that to be a pun, but um, <laughs> anyway, so it sounds like your heart is really within church planting. Um, yeah. which is so important because if we can't get churches on the ground somewhere and get them built up, we can't bring people into them to come and know Jesus. Right. So being that you've worked in church planting for, for so many years, um, if you had to pick like one theme or lesson that God just kind of repeatedly taught you within church planting specifically, what would that be? One specific thing would, I guess for a church planter, <clears throat> excuse me, for a church planter would be vision. Mm. Uh, I've learned so much about vision uh, from my time as planting to even coming alongside other planters and helping them. Uh, most of them have a vision that is man-made. Um, I know I did when I planted. Um, and you have to always tell planters, they keep telling me to write a book about it, but I always tell them that you need to have the, the vision that God gave you, write it down, capture it and make sure you refer to it on a regular basis. Because what happens is 
once the vision is given by God, we have the tendency to let our imaginations take over and make it more or less than what God intended it to be. And that's been the biggest, the biggest thing um, that we've dealt with. Uh, it happened in my own church plant. Um, I probably feel like I'm called more to multi-ethnic ministry more than church planting. Uh, church planting was just a way to do multi-ethnic ministry then. But when he, when, you know, I don't know, it's been 20 years now when God said, are you going to plant a multi-ethnic church? I'm thinking I had to have 200 people for it to happen. And so God never, when I went back years later, we never got above 50. But when I went back and thought, wow, what I did as a church plant was a failure, the Holy Spirit took me back to the actual vision that God gave. And the vision he gave had no number in it. And so often, uh, man and women, I guess, for example, we, we record success based on the number of people and how much money is given. And those are not kingdom goals necessarily. You know, it's transformation, it's sanctification, it's it's duplicating yourself, pouring in, raising up leaders, and uh, those so those are the, the the things I've learned. So I've always talked to to planters about vision and the communication of the vision and making sure you stay true to it. Mm. Uh, because when I look back on it now, the Holy Spirit showed me that you were true to the vision, and that's what God called you. Um, you know, some people live for my mother's ninety nine. Some people live for ninety nine years. You know, Jesus was 33. Everybody has a number, but it doesn't mean you can't be effective in the time that God's given you. Mm, and the no, same is true good. for a church plan. That's really good. Yeah, no matter how many years it lasts or how many people it has, it still is having an impact on the kingdom. Correct. So we go back to, you know, number one, were we true to the vision? And then were we, you know, how many people did we lead to the Lord? How many people did we help grow in the Lord? Mm -hmm and try to look back and base it off of those things to make sure that first God is pleased with what we did. Um, man won't always be. And it, it, it took me a while to uh, come to grips with it. Hmm. That's really good. Um, so kind of going along those lines, as you said, uh, vision is a really important thing for church planters to keep in mind, to write down and keep that initial vision that God gave them. Um, what, are, what are a few other like key components or maybe pieces of wisdom that church planters should know? as they're planting and just uh, following where God leads them? Okay. Um, first one is, um, I, I read in a book recently, and I, I should remember the name. Uh, oh, I can't remember the name offhand. I think it was The Blessed Church that I was reading, because I'm cleaning out my bookshelf now, trying to get <laughs> books, you know, now that I'm done school, trying to, you know, which ones are going oh, yeah. to donate or something like that. And the thought was, one, one pastor said that uh, he wrote three, there were three in the job description for a pastor, there are three kind of three criteria that the pastor should be praying, should be teaching, and should be raising up leaders. Mm. And that really resonated with me. Um, yes, prayer definitely needs to happen, but church planters and pastors definitely do not uh, take the time to pour into leaders like they should. Um, I, I, am, I'm, I spend a lot of time discipling men who feel called into ministry now. And I keep telling them is that I, I really don't think I've done much, but I always say, well, whatever God has allowed me to do, I want you to do that much and so much more. And so if we always come to leadership development with an open hand and, you know, just much like I did with my children, you come to them with an open hand and say that we want them to learn and grow and, and, and do better than we've done. That's what I know what my dad wanted for me. 
you know, and my mom as well. So the thought is, is to raise up leaders, not being afraid of, well, who's going to take your job and, or, or who's going to take your ministry. I always say, if God gave you something, nobody else can take it from you, you know, and even if you want to get rid of it, you can't, it's something that he's given you. So yeah, so leadership development is critical. And then one other big piece, which uh, I practice a lot through school is, is making sure um, the whole idea of soul care, mm. making sure that you take care of yourselves, that you take a Sabbath, that you spend regular time in meditation and prayer and communication with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Uh, those are some things that uh, pastors are horrible at, is, is taking time for themselves and taking time. You know, we say you get on a plane in case of an emergency, you're supposed to put your oxygen mask on first. And then somebody else next to you, well, the, the pastor is the one putting it on everybody else in the plane first and then saying, you know what, I don't need to breathe. And and so that's that's what we deal with. And planters see other pastors do that, and that's what they're discipled in. And so they believe I have to work, yeah, well, the Sabbath doesn't apply to me because I have to preach on Sunday. Mm. And I was like, well, there are six other days that, you know, we're not going to be legalistic, but there is a day you can take other than Sunday for a Sabbath. You can take a Friday off or some day that's mm-hmm. just your day, your Sabbath. So I, I'm passionate about that. So <laughs> those are the things that I would I try to, to, to disciple men. I'm always asking them how they're really doing, not mm-hmm. their church or their ministry, but how are you doing as a as a person? How was your walk with the Lord? And when was the last time you you took time to, to really truly spend with him? Mm. Are there any ways that you think? maybe even just small, simple ways that pastors can kind of incorporate that, that time just for them. Cause like a lot of times it's like, well, I have this on this day, that uh, tomorrow, this, and, and you know, as you said, they just like have so many responsibilities and they think that they're responsible for everybody else getting fed, that they don't get that time. Are mm-hmm. there any simple, easy ways that they can get that time with God? Have somebody who, who have a mentor, you know, whatever you have heard, may have heard to say, and you always need to have a Paul and a Timothy in your life somebody who's mentoring you, somebody who you're mentoring, having that helps hold you accountable. You know, when, when that person who's mentoring you has, uh, can ask you about anything and, and call you and hold you accountable in anything in your life, they, if they're discipling you, right, they can be the ones to say, you know, they can sit you down in essence and say, you need to take the time uh, because most pastors don't have a mentor. Mm. They do, you know, most can give you a name, but not somebody who, who outside of the church, like, like not in, like, not in the church, like a fellow elder or something, but somebody, I believe it externally is great. Cause that, if you have a bad Sunday or if the deacons are bothering you, you have somebody you can vent to, Yeah, you know, um, if, and so it's, if there are things that they're not connected to the church, they don't necessarily have, um, other than caring about you personally, they're not necessarily worried about the deacons or the elders or congregants, but having that person that you can connect with, that's going to hold you accountable, ask you when's the last time you took your wife on a date? When was the last time you took a vacation? You know, those personal things that, that really help keep you healthy. Mm. When was the last time you worked out? Yeah. Yeah. Those things are really important because even if it's like, I feel like a lot of times, maybe this is just this is probably a lot of Christians, but like they think of getting time being fed is like, I need to sit down with my Bible and just read it, you know, where it's like, you could go do something with God, like go for a walk or, you Mm -hmm. know, go be with people who fill you up. You know, that is seeing God work too. 
That's correct. Yeah, definitely. So those are those are things that I think if I was to answer your question, that those are the things mm -hmm. I would just say simple ways to be able to to stay accountable. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, those are great. Um, all right. So now you've kind of transitioned to uh, a new position with uh, the North American Mission Board, or has that been been there no, for a no, while? Well, unless you're breaking news right now, nothing that I know. I don't about. think I am. I think I'm just asking for my own personal knowledge. <laughs> So, um, yeah, no, just uh, Dr. Whitworth has asked me to, to take on a, a local BRN role of, of focusing more in addition to church planning director, but also the title of leadership development. Okay. So that, but that's something that, that was a passion of mine anyway, it's something I was doing already, but, um, but yeah, that's kind of what's going on there. But yeah, I'll, you know, maybe you're a prophetess, you know, I'll keep in mind something that Nan might be saying soon. Hey, all you have to do is go back to this podcast and they'll be like, look, look, she did it. No, that's right. yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I was going to ask how that, how kind of transitioning from just different positions, how that's kind of taught you something new, just personally about God. Um, oh, wow. Um, I just read a good book. Um, I always try to put books behind me that I've read recently. So um, there's one by Dallas Willard called Hearing God. Okay. It is, if you're familiar with Blackaby's Experiencing God, this is kind of like the collegiate version of it. Okay. Um, very good book. And it's just helped me understand that uh, the steps that you take in life, it, it's almost like when I first came to faith, when I first came to be a believer or even a minister, I always kind of, you know, I've got an orange here, but I always used to take, you know, something that, that I've I think I was doing for God and would kind of go and do it and come back and say, here, Lord, you know, are you pleased with what I've done? And over the years, I've gotten more in tune with the fact that the Holy Spirit, God lives and dwells in me. Mm. And he's right there to guide me. And my relationship has grown with him so much that I no longer bring him presence to ask him how he, what he thinks of what I did. I always think of it as a we moment. Like when mm. I'm doing things, it's, it's we, like Holy Spirit, you know, what do you want us to do? Because I have to have his permission, his guidance to, to do anything, right? Mm -hmm. you know, without him, we could do nothing. So it is be really whether I'm, whether, and a lot of Christians draw a secular versus, you know, sacred or like secular versus ministry. I think they're one in the same. I feel that I was just effective ministering to people, whether I was working in corporate America or whether I was working for now. Mm. And uh, and the thought process is that the Holy Spirit's always with me. So as I transition and grow now, if I take on a new role, like you've already prophesied, um, <laughs> the, the thought is, is that it's something that God is saying. There's so many different things you can do. I just have to make sure it glorifies him and that it's something that, that it, from a we perspective, that it's something that God would say, yeah, go do. Okay. That, that's really important. That's really awesome too. I think um, even as like a young adult, like coming out of college when you're trying to figure out like, okay, what career am I going to go down? A lot of Christian, like young adults are like, well, I need to do something that's in ministry to be, you know, like living for Christ. And it's like, no, there's a lot of people that need reached. Like if you're good at marketing and you want to go work for a corporate, like you're still going to be having the same impact as long as you are living as Christ. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's definitely. It's really definitely. good. So, yeah. So that's what I've learned that, that it's, it is not such a and or it's a both mm -hmm. and. Mm-hmm as far as ministry is concerned and wherever I am is my mission field. Mm, that's really good. So just for clarification, what is your title now? Um, church planning director. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. Let's make sure I have that right. Um, and then you're still involved with Send Not Send Network and North American Mission Board too, correct? That is correct. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I have to check myself sometimes. That <laughs> you know, the North American Mission Board is who I am employed by. Okay. They're in partnership with the state convention, which is the BRN, mm-hmm. and those two together are underneath the umbrella of Southern Baptist. Gotcha. And so. You know, my title is church planning director and leadership development from a BRN perspective. It's, okay. it's a you know, lead church planning catalyst, church planning director for the for NAM. And so, but it's, it's a one in the same role. Okay. So it's like you have five different jobs all rolled up into one. Yeah, basically. And then, you know, the new one that is apparently <laughs> coming too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, with all that you are doing for the BRN and NAM, how can we be praying for you and your ministry? Um, I, <clears throat> you asked this one. This is the only question that stood out to me um, that I kind of push back on now. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say, it's good. this is going to sound weird, so feel free to cut this out if you want. But okay. <laughs> the thought is, is that I go, recently the Lord just has me being really careful about who's praying. Mm-hmm. And I teach guys like, is that, I want to say this, I think prayer is, one of the most intimate things you can do with God. Yes. And that it's, and that we as Christians throw it around like it's just so common. And and so Jesus said, when they said, when the disciples said, teach us how to pray and ask Jesus, he told them to go into your private prayer closet. Don't go where people can see you and to ask your father in secret and he will reward you in secret. And so I, I really kind of am practicing that a lot more now. Like I'm not, st- I don't stop anybody from praying. They're praying at the dinner table or whatnot. That's great. But I just think that the, the intimate prayers, like when you pray, I'm sure you just prayed at the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that your prayers and your intimacy with God is much different than what you just prayed when you prayed. Not that he doesn't hear either one mm-hmm. or not he doesn't hear both, but it's way more intimate. So I usually tell people, hey, you know, if I feel led to give a prayer, I will. But I say, don't pray now. When you go to your prayer closet, that's what I want you praying. Okay. So that's that's kind of, that's a little different spin I've had on prayer. I still believe in corporate prayer, but um, I think people use corporate prayer as a replacement for their intimate time with mm. God. Mm, that's a really good point. No, and I think that's probably something that uh, a lot of people, they'll kind of like convict them or give them like, maybe not convict as much as like a, a flag of like, hey, this pr- prayer is important. And that's between you and God. Um, so um, go to your prayer, prayer closets, listeners. That's what, <laughs> just, like, just get out of here. <laughs> just turn the podcast off, go pray. Well, you know, you think we, we love to, to, to uh, corner the, the, the waiter or waitress that's waiting on us for a table and say, hey, how can we be praying with you or praying for you? And like I said, once again, that's intimate. We, we're doing that without relationship. Mm. You know, we're, we're doing that and, and really, we need to really be able to get to know somebody first. Sometimes I can get to know my the CPCs that I serve, mm-hmm. or whether it's Dr. Whitworth or others that I'm connected with. I'm because I'm in relationship with them. I know necess- I know how to pray for them because I'm in relationship. Mm. And so often we want to we we pull people that we don't know and we ask, can we pray? And it's we 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 remove that intimacy. Mm. that I think is just so sorely needed these days for us to really truly pray for one another. Mm. No, that's good. That's good. All right. 
Well, is there anything else that you would like to share um, or any thoughts or parting thoughts that you, you want to share with listeners? No, no, no. I think, I think that covered it. I was here serving you and uh, being obedient to, you know, it's been a blessing being a part of the Buren. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've grown and learned a lot. Uh, Dr. Whitworth's commitment to, um, if he didn't have a commitment to multi-ethnic ministry, um, I, I wouldn't still be here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's something where it's not something that Southern Baptists necessarily uh, champion. They're, they're more about planting the the next Filipino church, the next Haitian church, the next Korean church, the next Anglo church, not necessarily, you know, the, the whole John uh, chapter 17 unity of, of us coming together as one. And, and I think that that's the critical piece is, is the unity is where mm-hmm. the multi-ethnic ministry really can be a demonstrating of, of who God is and how we can come together. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week, but Reverend Jenkins, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and just sharing with us, you know, all that God's taught you through your experiences with church planting and in ministry. Um, It's such a privilege and a blessing to have you on here. So thanks again for uh, sharing your wisdom with us and just giving us a little bit more of an insight on church planting. If you would like to find out more about uh, what Reverend Jenkins does, or you just want to know more about, you know, what the BRN has to offer to church plants or church planters, um, you can head online to www.brnunited.org. And that, of course, is the BRN's website. And there you can find a ton of resources for church planting. You can look up uh, Reverend Jenkins and see, you know, you can get in contact with him. Maybe he can help you if you are a church planter. Um, And it's just more information there that could help you in your ministry or if you want to support a church planter. So you can check that out again online at www.brnunited.org. And then also while you're there on the same website for free are all of the other stories of transformation that we've done up to this point. Yeah, that's right, F-R-E-E. Those stories are free for you to enjoy and just kind of share with others if you want to. So um, you can check out the article form of this story there, as well as all the other articles that we've done up to this point. There are 39 other stories there and the podcast is also attached to them. So great content for you to check out whenever you get a chance. Again, that is also on the BRN's website. But hey, my podcast enthusiast, I know, I know, you probably have your favorite podcasting app that you love to use. Well, I have good news for you as well. So this podcast is available on Anchor Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and probably every other podcasting platform that's popular. So you can log into your favorite podcasting app on your phone, open it up, and type in 50 stories of transformation brn and bam there you go every episode is just waiting for you to enjoy there so you can check that out i know it's easier kind of just to open up an app and play it on your phone when you're on the go so we hope that's convenient for you and uh, another way for you to just enjoy some uplifting encouraging content Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining me this week for story number 40. I hope you enjoyed it. Enjoy just getting to hear uh, Reverend Jenkins talking about church planting and and just learning more about what church planting is. So um, hope you enjoyed that. Next week, we'll be back with story number 41. That's right. So we'll only have nine more to go, nine more stories to go after next week. How crazy is that? 
So anyway, uh, next week we'll be back next Thursday with another story for you. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. But until then, have a wonderful week, everyone.